Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is a popular memorization verse for those who are serious about studying the scriptures and learning about it. And it's pretty simple, because following God is simple. It may not be easy, but God has not made it complicated for the dedicated follower of Jesus. So in the scriptures, we may find many verses giving us instruction on a variety of topics, but my quest to learn more and to draw closer to the Lord, I've found something interesting as I have continued in my journey with Jesus, and that is the real power in the life of a believer is not from knowledge or experience, and a lot of times that just gives us a fatter head. Rather, it's in the simplicity of holiness. And the translated word for holiness in the Old Testament is very similar to that Old Testament word sanctified almost the same word. And the idea is that something is sacred being set aside for a special purpose. And that's what believers are supposed to be. We're no longer common. Rather, we are set aside for something different. And that difference is to glorify God. He is holy, and with His Holy Spirit in us, we now have that holy presence of God dwelling in us. So what do we do? Well, we can take a look at Israel's relationship with God and start there. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, the Lord said, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the people of Israel. So the purpose of God choosing Abraham, then his son Isaac, and his son Jacob as his covenanted people was not to show how great they were, rather to reveal his own power and glory. Israel may have thought they were chosen because they were righteous, but that was not the case. When they were preparing to enter the promised land, Moses sternly instructed them in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 4, Do not say in your heart, after the Lord your God has thrust them out before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you, that he may confirm the word that the Lord spoke to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stubborn people. So any argument gets blown out of the water immediately regarding their righteousness. God's the one who is holy. He's the one who is good. We're not. So a basic study through the scriptures with an emphasis being on humanity's righteousness will yield a lot of verses denouncing any godly righteousness we think we have in and of ourselves. But on the other hand, as we meet person after person in the scriptures, we see that it is God that has empowered them to be holy. So that should set us at ease for the moment. We can't make ourselves holy or empower ourselves with God's Spirit. Rather, we must submit to Him first, and He will do the work. And we must be clear, God does not want His people behaving in a manner that is consistent with worldly people. We are supposed to be different. And God's commandment to Israel was to do just that. Leviticus 20.26 You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. So what does this have to do with us? I think it has a lot to do with us. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. If Jesus is God the Son, like many of us believe, then he is eternal and has been around forever, including those years during the Exodus and beyond. So some of the instruction given to Israel may not apply to us today because we're not part of that covenant that the Lord made with Israel, but God's character never changes. And if he expected Israel to be holy, then we can rest assured he expects us to be holy as well. First Peter 1 Peter 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. We represent Jesus, and Jesus was holy. Therefore, we need to pursue holiness. So our responsibility before him is not to move mountains, is to follow him. And when he says move that mountain, we obey. Then he gives us the strength to move the mountains. And that obedience is key in our relationship with Jesus and seeing the hand of God move in our lives. So we started out with Micah 6.8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. These three things give us a good starting point when we are aiming our lives towards heaven, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly. Psalm 106 verse 3, blessed are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Proverbs 17:23, the wicked accepts a bribe in secret to pervert the ways of justice. Isaiah 1:17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Luke 11:42, but woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, but neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So we're required to demonstrate justice in our own lives. That's something that's very important. Second thing, to love kindness, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. Colossians 3.12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, which we'll talk about in a minute, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one hasn't complained against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Now, if we take a dry erase marker and we write that on our bathroom mirror and we read it every single day for the rest of our lives, that would be a good reminder of what a believer in Jesus is supposed to look like. We are chosen ones, holy beloved. We are supposed to be compassionate, kind. We're supposed to have humility, meekness, and patience. We're supposed to bear with one another and forgive each other. Now, you look at the church today and ask yourself how many people are demonstrating that. More importantly, look in the mirror and say, am I demonstrating that? And the third thing, walk humbly. Zephaniah 2.3, and there's a book we don't hear a lot about. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his just commands. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on that day of the anger of the Lord. It's good counsel from a prophet of the Old Testament. 1 Peter 5.5, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's something we need to think about continually. God opposes the proud. When I'm being proud, God is opposing me. And I don't like that. I would rather be humble and receive grace. But a lot of times, my pride gets in the way, and then it just sort of deflects God's grace. So don't be proud. We have nothing to be proud of that is eternally relevant. So we ought to just dump our pride. Philippians 2.3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Oh, wow, there's a good one. I look at someone else, I'm supposed to count them as more significant than me? That is in direct opposition of what our culture teaches about the self. We are the center of the universe. It's all about me. I just had a conversation this morning with a brother. I was sharing how I deal with people in a certain situation. One of the things in a conversation that I always look for is the person's use of the word I, me, myself, and I. And if that person is saying I, every sentence, I, 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 you know that person's focus is on themselves. And when I see that in somebody, 
we're having a conversation and they continually use the word I, me, my, then I react a different way. I just kind of kick it back a little bit and just agree, okay, okay, uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, and I move on. I don't try to get into a conversation with them because really they want to steal the conversation. It's all about them. That's not the way we're supposed to be. We are supposed to count others more significant than ourselves. So our conversations should be about others in a positive way, building up others, focusing on others. The more you focus on yourself, the more selfish you become. So Micah 6.8 is a good place to start for the person who wishes to be in right standing before God. Justice, kindness, and humility. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you fail to meet the test. And I always need to be evaluating my heart and my behavior. I'm not supposed to be judging everybody else. I'm supposed to be judging myself. And many times when I look in the mirror and I'm honest with myself, I don't like what I see. And I suspect that God has the same opinion about that in that moment. But having a basic idea of what God requires of his people, that helps us to navigate toward holiness and to stay focused on him and not ourselves. And the more we focus on him, the more we draw closer to him. And the more we draw closer to him, the more we hear from him. The more we hear from him, the more instruction we receive from him. And the more instruction we receive from him, the more opportunity to obey and be blessed. Thank you.